Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Halfway home on this Monday afternoon, so let's get you caught up on everything going on in sports. This is the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We've talked about it for most of the day. We'll continue to preview it for the rest of the day. The Phoenix Suns, chance to bounce back in Denver tonight. They lost game one to the Nuggets on Saturday, 125-107 to to fall behind one game to none in this Western Conference semifinals. Tonight's game two tips off at 7 o'clock. And as always, you'll hear it on the Arizona Sports app or here on 98.7 FM. Uh, there's a lot of talk about whether this is a must-win for Phoenix or not. I'm not really sure about that. I would say, no, we just watched the Warriors come back down from 2-0 and win a series. Remember, Dallas was down 2-0 and beat the Suns. And Milwaukee was down 2-0 to beat the Suns. So... Two, two nothing's not a it's not a death warrant a death warrant, but it's it makes you have to win four to five. You don't have much room for error. They must play better tonight. They don't have to win. I mean, we'd all like it if they won, but really, all the Nuggets would have done is maintain their home court advantage, and it puts the pressure on the Suns. Now, to your point well, earlier, you're not- and you're right, you lose tonight. Okay, you're down 0-2. The next two games become must-win games must for win. the Phoenix both Suns. You got to win both of them yeah. at home. You're not a moral, uh, you know, moral victory type of guy. What do you mean by play better? I just mean if they play better and lose. It's, is it okay? It, because it shows you that they're starting to make the corrections they need to make to give okay. themselves a chance in the series. Okay, you know the yeah, rebounding, bye-bye. Chris. All of the stuff that we've talked about that went wrong. Landry Shamit, all of that stuff. They have to play better. Not because it's a moral victory. I just need evidence that they're going to be more competitive against the Nuggets than we saw in Game 1. Again, we'll preview that game more in-depth throughout the rest of the show. But for now, let's take a look around the rest of the NBA. My, oh my, what a game yesterday between the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Steph Curry, an NBA record, 50 points in a Game 7. He had 30 in the second half alone. And the Warriors championship pedigree just pedigreed all wow. over Sacramento yesterday. 120 Light to 100. That beam. Light that beam. Yeah, that's what Curry said after uh, he hit a big shot. Most points in NBA history in a game seven, topping Kevin Durant's 48 for the Nets against Milwaukee in 2021. First play to ever get 50 in a game seven. But one of the heroes, and you mentioned it earlier. Kavon Looney, oh. man, ooh, he ate a bonus for lunch. I was so jealous. For lunch, I was so envious, man. Like, that's what I want my big man to do, right there. See that? See that offensive board? See that? that that's a, what I want my guy to do. I was a lion eating an antelope, man. Twenty-one rebounds, and this is listen. We said this. The Sun, that's remember. I used. I said this down. That's the type of center the Suns want. I don't have to pay him a lot of money, and he goes out there and he does all the things that we need him to do. Yep. And you don't have to pay him a lot of money. Yep. I, I had center envy. He, the Golden State Warriors had 23 rebounds to Sacramento's nine in the right. third quarter. Again, 23 to nine. Three, you got a 13 mm-hmm. offensive boards for Golden State in the third quarter. Kevon Looney had eight of those 13 yeah. offensive rebounds. It was, it was impressive. This is what the Suns wanted. I use this as an example time and time again. You remember this. They want the Kevon Looney center. He's on a three-year, $22.5 million contract. Yep. He makes like $7.5 million a year. And he's their center. Jealous. 
so jealous. The Lakers and LeBron over the weekend absolutely humiliated the Grizzlies. 125 to 85 in game six, which means we now have LeBron I, versus Steph. I hate the Lakers, but part of me liked to see Memphis get punked. Because of John Dillon? Because of John Dillon. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, listen, if you're well, Memphis, Dillon Brooks has to go. Like, you can't have those antics. He made it about himself. He's got to go. I had that sensation last week. Like, there, I never root for the Lakers. There was part of me that was yeah, glad to see Dylan Brooks kind of get hit, yes, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, that kind of felt kind of good. I hate the Lakers. I can't stand them. So it's LeBron versus Steph again in a, a another chapter to a book that has many, many pages to it. Meanwhile, in the East, over the weekend, the Miami Heat held on after Jimmy Butler suffered an ankle injury right. with about five minutes to go. They beat the Knicks 108-101. He was basically a sitting duck out there, a total decoy. Total decoy. Uh, but the Heat were able to hold on to win, and now Butler is getting treatment on his ankle. Eric Spolster, quote, he's doing treatment around the clock. Probably won't have any update until before the game. That'd close, be a quote. big blow. Yeah, big, big. The Knicks had to, the Knicks did not get a good game out of Brunson. He took it upon himself to say, this one's on me. I should have played better. Joel Embiid officially out for game one of Celtics Sixers. That game getting ready to get started in the next 20 minutes or so. There is some optimism that Joel Embiid will be available for Game 2. He will not play tonight for the Sixers and the Celtics in Game 1 of that Eastern Conference semifinal. Yeah, you don't want to rush him back if he's not ready and then have him be out longer. So give him the day. If you lose the Game game 1 to the Celtics, you're okay. You just got to get him back healthy. Cardinals wrapped up their draft. The NFL wrapped up their draft over the weekend. Of course, the picks for the Cardinals. UCLA offensive lineman John Gaines. Houston quarterback Clayton Tune, Auburn inside linebacker, uh, linebacker Owen Popo, uh, Louisville cornerback Trill Clark, and West Virginia defensive tackle Dante Stills wrapped up the Saturday work for the Arizona Cardinals to wrap up their first draft under Monty Austin Ford, a draft in which they added an extra one, two-thirds, and a fourth for next year. Yeah, best thing, about, best thing about this draft is what they got for next year's draft and the possibility of you know maybe having two of the top you know couple picks in that draft. They could have 11 picks in 2020. 24, depending on how it all well, they're shakes gonna out. They're going to need them. What didn't happen this weekend? DeAndre happens. DeAndre Hopkins, I should say, didn't happen this weekend. I see everybody telling me to stay. Who said I want to go? Who said I wanted to leave? That was DeAndre you Hopkins. Say you wanted to stay. You could have at any point. It was his Instagram story about, hey, I'm here. Who said I wanted to go? Yeah, after the fact, I mean, at any point, you could have came out and said, look, Bills, Kansas City, I'm happy here. I just want to be a Cardinal. He could have said that at any point. Never did. didn't. Never did. Never did, but the weekend came and went and DeAndre Hopkins was not traded. What that means for the future, we will see, but I think a lot of us thought he was going to get moved at some point this weekend. It didn't happen. Today is the second to the last day for the Cardinals to pick up the fifth year option of linebacker Isaiah Simmons. Safety Isaiah Simmons, hybrid player Isaiah Simmons, however you want to describe him. There are several players who have had their fifth year options picked up so far, including Joe Burrow, Tunga Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, Tristan Wirfs, Jerry Judy, he was just announced today. Chase Young is not having his fifth-year option picked up. Patrick Queen? Patrick Queen is not having his picked up as well. We'll see what the Cardinals' intentions are when it comes to Isaiah Simmons. We'll find out very soon. Me and you both kind of feel that they're not going to pick it up. 
They're not going to. New regime, new coach, new GM. They'll probably punt on that one. Over the weekend, the Arizona Diamondbacks took two of three from the Colorado Rockies. They lost the opportunity for a sweep yesterday by following the Colorado 12-4. to Rough, rough outing for Ryan Nelson. Uh, Four innings. He gave up nine hits and six runs. He's got an ERA of about six and a half. Yeah, this is not good. Over his last three starts, he's given up 15 earned runs in 14 innings pitched. That said, Tommy Henry pitched okay on Saturday. It was a big day for Geraldo Perdomo. And then on Friday, six innings almost, of... He hmm? almost got overrun by Car- Corbin Carroll on the base I know, pass. I know, he did. And then on Friday, it was six innings of one-run ball by Merrill Kelly that got him the win there. The big question is Corbin Car- Kelly. Corbin Carroll, I should say, as he crashed into the wall on Saturday. Dominic Fletcher got called up by the Diamondbacks yes. on Sunday and played yesterday. They haven't put him on the IL yet. They though. haven't put him on the IL. We haven't gotten much of an update on Corbin Carroll and where he is, but apparently he suffered a left knee contusion yes. in that game. Not good. Cannot afford to be without him for much time. So hopefully it's a, hopefully it's more of a day-to-day situation. Diamondbacks are off today. They're taking on Texas tomorrow. The NHL playoffs, and it was an oh, interesting I weekend there. The Boston uh. Bruins, who set the NHL's single-season record for wins, got bounced in the first round by the Florida Panthers in Game 7. Shocking. Nothing like Shocking seeing a, upset. a Boston team run. They had President's Trophy, most points, cruise into the postseason, 9-1-0. Got the third period goal to take the lead. And then they, with an empty net, with an empty net, less than a minute to play, the Panthers tie it up. They score, they tie it up. And then they go on to win it in overtime. They shocked the world. They absolutely shocked the world. Mr. Clutch comes through for, uh, for the Panthers. Panthers, what a big win. The Boston goaltender, he was great all year, but he just couldn't come up big with the pressure was on. So Matthew Kachuk, son of uh, former Coyote Keith Kachuk and the Panthers are moving on. That's a great story. Speaking of shockers, the Seattle Kraken won their first Beat ever Colorado. playoff series by beating the yeah. defending Stanley Cup champ Colorado Avalanche They knocked as well. out Colorado. And then tonight, uh, all my friends, I'll listen, I... You know, it, it, you know, I'm on this group chat with all my friends, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it is half Ranger fan, half Islander fan. So this is this is a tough one tonight. Rangers game seven against the Devils. Game seven tonight. Rangers and Devils, and got me and a bunch of my friends are rooting for the Devils bad because we hate the Rangers, and the other ones are rooting for the Rangers really bad. The Islanders got knocked out, so big game seven tonight. And then finally, two-time MVP Bryce Harper cleared to return to play barely five months after undergoing reconstructive surgery on his throwing elbow. He's expected to rejoin the Phillies as their designated hitter tomorrow against the Dodgers. He underwent Tommy John surgery on November 23rd was expected to be out until July. The timetable shifted during spring training. His recovery was going better than expected. Accelerated two whole months ahead of schedule. He'll be back. Driving home yesterday, my, my, my son's looking at like perfect perfect game stuff because he played in like a perfect game tournament. And he's like, did you know that Bryce Harper he was a catcher? I go, no, I don't remember him. He was a catcher. I didn't know he was a catcher. He goes, yes, he had the, he had the, uh, he had the, the best perfect game score ever. Perfect game is like the tournament. Did your kid play perfect game? Yeah. 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 Arizona Sports. Oh, breaking Isaiah news. Simmons. 
According to Ian Rappaport, there we go. The Arizona Cardinals are not, not picking up the fifth-year option of former number eight they overall pick not. linebacker Isaiah Simmons. Mm. Yeah, we thought that was going to happen. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, let's react to that for a couple of minutes, shall we? Isaiah Simmons, fifth-year option, not being picked up, according to Ian Rappaport. What does it mean? What are the Cardinals going to do about it? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, have you just heard the breaking news sounder right at the end of the 4 o'clock reset? Eric jumped in with the news. Ian Rappaport, the first to report the Arizona Cardinals are not picking up the fifth-year option for Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker they drafted back in 2020. It means this is the final year of his contract. Any first-round pick, you have the option of picking up that fifth-year option and keeping him under contract for a five full years. The Cardinals declined to do it, and frankly, neither one of us are very surprised, although surprised. I think for different reasons, though, right? Um Listen, I, I thought I thought he's been a decent player. Mm-hmm. I think he's been a good player. I don't I don't think he's been a bust. They didn't pick up the fifth year option on Hassan Reddick, and then he had a breakout year, and then they they lost him. They weren't able to keep him. Went to Carolina, and then turned that into a big deal with Philly, and was in the Super Bowl last year playing. I thought Isaiah Simmons has been good. I don't think he's had the the, the right spot to be in. Maybe this coaching staff will find the right way to. To utilize him, and he has a, b- a breakout year, you just do risk losing him if he has a great season. No doubt. You risk that. You risk that somebody else is going to love him and, and figure it out and overpay for him. Yeah, and and look, will this coaching staff unlock what Isaiah Simmons' best position is? Maybe. Is it fair to wonder if Isaiah Simmons has a best position? I think that's also fair to wonder that and wonder whether there truly is a spot for him that you know demands he be kept on the field at all times. I, I just think, look, what didn't happen with Hassan a couple of years ago, they, they declined the fifth-year option. They, If they wanted to overpay to keep Hassan, they probably could have overpaid to keep Hassan. They chose not to. You could overpay next offseason to keep, to keep Isaiah Simmons if he comes out and just blows your socks off in whatever role Jonathan Gannon has him in. Or if he really has, you could franchise tag him a year from now. Like, if you really felt like, we've got to keep this guy, we can't let him go, those are all options available to you if you're the Arizona Cardinals in an attempt to keep Isaiah Simmons. But if you lock yourself into a fifth year, and you get to the end of this year, and you haven't found a good role for him, right? You haven't found a spot for him in your defense, and he doesn't really perform well in a contract year, wouldn't you rather have the freedom to move on from him rather than the option to keep him in other ways? That's, That's why I think, to me, it was always about saying no to the fifth-year option for the Cardinals. On Listen, and they've said no a lot. I mean, the Cardinals, you know, they say no a lot. You look at the you look at the history of their draft picks, just going back. You know, first round: Josh Rosen, Hassan Reddick, Robert Kimdichie, Dayon Buchanan, Jonathan Cooper, Michael Floyd, Dan Williams, Beanie Wells. None of these guys had their options picked up. No, you know, Matt Leinart. Like now, you know, you, earlier you got Fitz, you got Roll. Um, there's Patrick Peterson in there, but man, there's been a lot of guys that they did not have to pick up 50-year options on. No doubt about it. But that news coming down just moments ago, the Cardinals not picking up the 50-year option for the eighth overall pick from 2020, Isaiah Simmons. We'll continue to react to that news and what it means, but the Cardinals will have opportunities to bring him back. It doesn't mean that they're saying no to him a year from now. They're just saying no to the fifth year right now. All right, back to the Suns and the Nuggets. Their series resumes tonight. One name that we have barely talked about today. I don't know how we've gone this long into the show without talking about Devin Booker. 
We haven't spoken about him very much. We because haven't talked about Kevin Durant very much, to be honest with you. And he wasn't the reason that they that the Suns lost. He wasn't the reason the Nuggets won. Like, Devin Booker was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't elite like he had been in some of those games against the Clippers. And he just didn't have a good supporting cast. I mean, I thought when you look at Booker and you look at Durant, you say, okay, like those guys were good, but they weren't great, right? They weren't great. The thing I look at is the minutes. We'll talk about that in a, in a second. But we always talk about, like, when you've got players, super max guys like Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you want them to be special. They need to be special. They weren't special. They weren't great. They weren't bad. They were just good. KD had seven turnovers, mm-hmm. shot the ball efficiently, 12 for 29, 29 points, 14 rebounds, but the turnovers killed him. Book was uh, 10 for 19, 27 points, eight rebounds, four assists. He had three turnovers. But you look at it, Booker still played the most minutes of anyone on either team. Even with Monty waving the white flag for surrender, Booker played 40 minutes. KD played 36. So Booker played 40. Jamal Murray played 37. Mm -hmm. Jokic played 33. So we do wonder, with the lack of depth and them having to run these guys into the ground, we, we do wonder, like, does it take a toll on these guys? Having to play? And these are guys that have to play on both ends of the court. Sure. Both Durant and Booker, they've got to run back. They've got to hustle back. They've got to guard guys. Like, they've really... So I'm keeping my eye on the minutes thing. I don't think it's a, a problem early, like, with the Clipper series. But as you get into the middle of the Denver series and later on, you do wonder if the minutes are going to add oh, up. Oh, sure, because it's a cumulative thing. And you just wonder by Game 6, Game 7. Seven, how tired do these guys be? Are, are yeah. they going to be? How fatigued are they going to be? I think this the way this series is wired. You know, there's a there's extra rest in between games two and three. After they play tonight, they don't play again until Friday, so they kind of have a chance to reset their bodies a little bit. And then there's a gap between game six and seven that if it goes seven, they've got a chance to reset themselves a little bit. Look, I, I think I think part of the reason why we haven't talked about Durant and Booker is because one, they were good. Yeah, I w- they weren't like eye-poppingly elite in that game, no. but they were good in terms of their ability to score the basketball. When you get a mediocre game from Chris Paul and you get a mediocre game from DeAndre Ayton, you can't just be good if you're Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. You have to be special. And that's, unfortunately, with the way this team is built, that's kind of the basket they're putting their eggs into, right? They need special games. They need special games from those guys. At least one of them has to be like eye-poppingly special. And neither one of them were. Now, you can counterbalance that by a great game from Aiton or a great game from Chris Paul. So you can get by. I can't believe I'm saying this. You can get by on 28 points from Kevin Durant or 27 points from Devin Booker, right? It makes it easier to win a game when you're getting performances like that. But if Chris Paul's going to be, you know, one of five from three and DeAndre Aiton's going to have a blah 14 points and whatever rebounds, it requires Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to be elite and special scores in that game. And neither one were. And that was, that's not that their fault, but that's kind of part of the problem with an equation like no, that. No, they took 19 shots each, right? So that's less than 40. That's less than 40 shots. I mean, look, anytime somebody else shoots the ball, not named Durant or Booker, that's a win for the Nuggets. Uh, that's a win for them. But like, they, they're going to be trapped. They're going to be doubled. I mean, the, the defense that they played was pretty simple. Uh, they kept size on Chris Paul. Uh, they had they blitzed Durant or Booker on pick and rolls. 
So they made the Suns have to work for it. And, you know, that's the thing that they did. They blew, You watch when Durant or Booker gets into a pick-and-roll situation, they blitzed it. They, they don't want those guys getting open looks and good looks. Now, Booker was able to drive the ball to the basket quite a bit and get, and, and get uh, you know, layups. And he's been very good at that lately, taking the ball to the basket. But... Denver had a plan, and I think they watched the Clippers series, and they saw the damage that those two guys did, especially Booker. And they said, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna allow that to happen." No, and, and you know, and part of the problem too was offensively. And anybody who's used to watching the Suns, you could just tell. You know, I, I, I didn't even need to look at the box score to know that that was one of the worst assist games the Phoenix Suns had had all year. They had twenty for the game. They had twenty. They had nineteen when they pulled the starters. Nineteen assists to sixteen turnovers. That's not the Phoenix Suns under Monty Williams, right? That's not. That's no, not. But Chris Paul. Not really your point guard, right? No, now. but but you still have like even Booker with his eight assists, he went through long stretches where the ball kind of stuck with him. And even though Kevin Durant he had the seven turnovers, right? right? Like the guys that you're counting on to create offense for you, to initiate offense for you, the ball just wasn't popping. It wasn't moving very much. They weren't, they were settling, it well, seemed like far more often than you, we're accustomed to seeing. Don't you think part of that is the lack of continuity? This great experiment. Can you throw a team together like this and see if they win? Look, when Mikhail and Cam and those guys had all played together for years, we could see the ball swinging all over. Like, oh my, it was a thing of beauty to watch. Sure. It was like watching Bob Ross make a painting. Like, it was a beautiful thing to watch the ball movement. You know where everybody is. Now I think certain guys just sit in a corner. Like, I'll wait, and if my defender leaves me to help, then I'm wide open. But the ball's not going to move to me. I'm just going to sit here in the corner and hope that the guy defending me goes to help if somebody drives to the basket or goes to trap, and then I'm wide open and I'll shoot it. But the lack of ball movement is obvious. They are the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Text the word ticket to 62620. Register. Listen for your name this Wednesday during the 7 a.m., 12 noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns and the Nuggets. Again, text the word ticket to 62620. The Cardinals have put themselves in a great position for next year. I know we want to talk about this year's draft. It's hard not to look at next year's draft and wonder what if. And that's exactly what we'll do next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Oh, we've kind of going back and forth between the Suns and the Cardinals, as you would expect. Game one of the Suns Nuggets series was on Saturday. Game two is coming up in about two and a half hours. And of course, the NFL draft over the weekend, which the Cardinals wrapped up with all the picks they made. And we said it earlier in the show, and I'll say it again. Yeah. It's, it's like you want to judge the draft this year and how they did and the players they got, even though we don't know. But, Kimbo, it is so hard to judge this year's draft and not think about everything they did to set them up for next year, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's such. Um, they're so intertwined, I don't even know if you can separate the two when talking yeah. about the Cards draft. My first thought on the Cardinals draft, draft is to be, in all honesty, I'm just happy that me and you are still alive. Because on the way home, we almost got oh. in a bit of trouble. Being, I'm just happy to be alive. What's going on? I never I heard, heard about, about this. this. What's going hear, on? We, we haven't brought this up. Uh, we we are really, up. really... Somewhat fortunate to be alive right now, me and Bernie. So, so Gambo and I it's carpooled true. to the draft party on Thursday. We didn't tell the story on Friday? Nope. Okay. No, but we almost died. So Gambo and I are driving. We carpooled together to the draft party out there at State Farm Stadium. And as we're getting off of the 10 onto the 202, the South Mountain that kind of loops around going the dark side of the mood 65 there. 65 miles an hour like everybody else. Down. A driver on the off-ramp just stopped. 
right, right in the middle of the offer. Just said stop. Said stop. And right on the right side of me is a gigantic truck. <laughs> if Bernsey had said, if Bernsey had thought, I need to go around this lady, I'm Trushed. not I'm not here. Trust. I'm not here. We would have been crushed. We would have been crushed. It would have been the, a truck, a big truck. The Ruby and Mitch show. This lady, and luckily you're a diligent driver, Bernsey. I don't know how he did it. He was, He's beeping and screaming and cursing at the lady while he's trying to maneuver within inches of not... Was it T-boning her? Uh, well, no, well, I, rear-ending. Well, like, rear-ending. Like how I didn't rear-end her, how I didn't get rear-ended, and how I didn't just instinctually go to the right, go to the right where the giant the right, truck would have here. mashed us, right? I would have I moved to the right and got hit by the truck. I would. I probably would have moved to the right. Yeah, this lady... Just in, just stops sixty from sixty five to zero. Oh, I missed the, I missed my exit. I think she. I'm gonna stop on the exit ramp when everybody's going sixty five. She just stops from sixty five to zero. Jammed on our brakes. Oh, I missed my exit. Yeah, this is why every time we carpool anywhere, I drive. <laughs> I was say, Gambo just admitting that oh, yeah. one of you would be dead if Gambo was driving. You guarantees will, you will be dead. I don't know. You I, will never okay. drive us again in any nine, carpool situation. Nine out of ten people would have swerved to the right. Hmm? I got skills. Right. I Let's talk about this. I got skills. You're going to love this. The way too early 2024 NFL mock draft. Arizona Cardinals picking first. Caleb Williams, USC. Arizona Cardinals picking seven, uh, second. Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State. This was, I got such a kick out of this. This was the most fun. Pro Football Focus, the way too early 2024 NFL mock draft. Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. land in Arizona. Colts grab Joe Alt. Arizona via Houston with the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And so they said by trading the third over, Overall pick to the Texans. The Cardinals obtained Houston's first round pick. If the Texans end up as the worst team in the league, like the odds makers predict, that trade could have landed Arizona with the best quarterback prospects in recent memory. So, talk about Williams won the Heisman this past year and Lincoln Riley and that. But listen, but but you do have um, Cliff Kingsbury with them right now, so maybe he'll ruin them. We'll say <laughs> second second pick. As of now, the Cardinals are the favorites to own both of the top two picks. If that happens, they join the. 1992 Indianapolis Colts as the only team to pick twice to start the draft. So um, they talk about that, and they said with Hopkins on his way out, they get Marvin Harrison Jr., six foot four, two hundred five pounds, highest graded, most valuable receiver in the country this past season, um, Ohio State. So yeah, the not too early. 2024 mock draft has the Cardinals picking first and second. I'm sh- I'm shaking my head. I'm laughing because I I had to I had to look it up. I couldn't remember who the 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 first two picks were. The Colts were 92. Okay, and 92. Was I, it Steve Edmond? He was one. Okay, don't tell me. The uh, other it, one was a linebacker. Edmond, I knew. Don't tell me. The fact that you knew the position, I'm impressed. I won't tell you. Steve Edmond was one. The linebacker. <laughs> Give me the initials. QC. And it's not Queen Creek. It's not Queen Creek. QC. QC. Quentin? Is it Quentin? Uh, it is Quentin. Quentin. Five, four. Okay, just give three. it to me. Quentin Coriat. Ah, Quentin Coriat! Quentin Coriat. Okay, I'm not looking. They had another first round pick in that draft. They, uh, A cornerback? Bang, you're freaky. Ashley Ambrose. 
Ashley Ambrose. <laughs> well, technically, he was a. It says here second rounder, but it says pick number twenty nine. So I think he was a first rounder. Wow. First rounder. That's impressive. I have nothing in front of me, and that's, that article mentions nothing that's about impressive. who the players Very are. Impressive. Nothing. Now look, whether the, Corey at, ah, whether the Cardinals at, look, who knows what's going to happen with you know the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and all of that. Yeah. But just to be in a position to have people say they might have the number one and the number two picks next year in the right. draft. That's the beauty of what Monty Austin Ford did. I mean, look, I, I don't know if Paris Johnson is going to be a good player. I have no idea. Right? Like, I I don't know if Ojulari is going to be a great player. I, I don't know. You don't know. There All these grades are out there. Nobody really knows for sure. How can you not love a draft in which you walk away from it with nine players this year and you add to the inventory next year the way you did? And it's not just like you added picks. You added picks from teams that are going to be bad. Right? Like the Texans should be bad. You added a pick from the Titans. They're probably going to be pretty bad next year, right? Like you, you have put yourself in a position to not only own the draft next year, but to own it with picks from teams that are probably going to be just as bad, if not worse, as you. And it puts the Cardinals. Can you imagine? Just imagine for a second. Kyler Murray comes back from the knee injury. He does, he does well in Petsing's offense, right? He okay. plays well in the second half of the okay. season. Um, but they don't win a ton of games. And you and, trade the pick. And you trade the pick. For the and, three first-round picks. And you're sitting at one and two. Now, would I stay at two and take the receiver? Yeah, probably would. He's going to be a stud. Well, they also got a great offensive tackle, Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Uh, they've got him rated third. Then they've got the other quarterback going fourth or fifth. It's uh, Drake May from North Carolina. They've got a tight end fourth. They've got um, an offensive tackle out of Penn State, Fashanu. And then they've got the guy with the best name in the whole draft, Cool Aid McKinstry, cornerback, Alabama. His name's Cool Aid. That is the coolest name. It's the coolest name. It's Cool Aid. Peter King wrote about it today, and the headline was that Arizona owns 2024. That was his headline. Arizona owns 2024. He writes that the Arizona Cardinals are scheduled to own a league-high six picks in the first three rounds next year, and the first-rounders could be pure gold. According to pro football-focused data analyst Timo Riske, he reported that after simulating this season 10,000 times, Arizona and Houston were favored to be the two worst teams in the NFL this year. I'm rooting for it. Oh, oh. I will root oh. for the Cardinals to lose every game this year. I was talking about Cross that with my, my wife. I'm re- every team that plays the Texans this year. Beat yeah. Them. Oh, yes. I'm such a fan. Every, right, but, every team that plays the Texans. But you mentioned, see, this is the difference, right? This is the difference. I can actively root for the Cardinals to lose every game knowing that they're not going to. You have a hard time with that. A little bit. You have a hard time with it. Yeah, a bit. So that's why you immediately went to your default mechanism, <laughs> which is I want the Texans to lose every game. I want the Texans to be difficult for me. me yeah. I'm like, I want the Cardinals to lose every game next year. They're going to suck anyway. You know me. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're going to be bad, mm-hmm. be bad. Own it. Like, if you're going to be really bad, own it. Be really bad. Give me the top two picks in the draft next year. I'm all for it. I'm rooting for that. Yeah. Does that, does that make me not a fan? No. That's that's what's best for the team. I apologize I'm looking for going at the to my law. default mode. Your default mode is you can't say it. You don't have the ability to say it. You can't. You can, you're like Fonzie with saying he was wrong. Remember Fonzie could never say he was wrong. You can't say I want the Cardinals to lose every game. So your default mechanism is I want the Texans. Immediately me, deflect the, to the Texans. I want yes. them both to lose every game. I hope the Cardinals lose every game they play. You're like I want the Texans to lose every game they play. You don't even mention the Cardinals. Of course, you can't do it. Can't do it. I know you. You can't do it.
Are you trying to? Are you trying to goad me into doing it? No, no, no! I know you can't do it. What, if I, what if I do it? You you can't. This is some reverse psychology Boy, here, seriously. man. Seriously, no, what, what, no what if? Listen, I'm not what smart if I, enough for reverse psychology. He can't actively root for them to lose every game they play. He doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have it in him. I can root for my team to lose every game looking at the bigger picture. He can't do it. Can't do it. Short-sighted Burnsy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, in my defense, and I, you know what? For the record, I'm not even saying you're wrong on this one. Okay? Oh, I'm right. I've worked with you for a long time. I'm, 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 not, right. I'm not even saying you're wrong. In my defense, what does it matter what I'm rooting for or not? It's going to happen whether I'm rooting for it or not. What does it matter? Gambo always needs then, something to root for. Oh, I know he does, why, but I don't. Why, why watch anything if you're not rooting for something? Well, I, no, 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 no. I'm still going to watch it, but I'm saying I cannot control the outcome of this. I, I'm not going to sit there. You can't control your rooting interest. You have to. Everybody has a rooting interest. I, 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 you're watching a cargo game. It's the fourth quarter. It's a, it's, a, it's, a tie, it's a tie game. The kicker's lining up for a field goal. You can't be indifferent. You either want him to make it or miss it. Me, I'm like, I hope he misses it. I don't want them to win. Cardinals are down 17-16. Kicker lines up for a field goal to win the game. I hope he shanks the damn thing. You're you. I don't think you could be like that. You're like... It's okay. We'll take the fourth pick in the draft. Uh, score the hottest ticket in town. This is me deflecting again. Suns playoff tickets. Text the word ticket to 62620. Register. Listen for your name on Wednesday during the 7 a.m., 12 noon, and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets and see the Suns take on the Nuggets. That's Text the word ticket to 62620. That was good. That was funny. I, I enjoyed that. Not a lie in there. If the Nuggets no lie detected. were a test, the Suns had no answers to the test in game one. So the question for tonight is, did they study up? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns nuggets now. Game two coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Let's get an update, though, on our Twitter poll question of the day. And for that, we turn it over to Eric Ruby here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. This one was running real hot two hours ago when we threw it out there. A big, surprising, fat number that neither one of us were expecting. Is I it, was shocked as well. Is it still there? Oh, it's still there. Let's go over the question. I'll give you the results. Would you consider tonight's Game 2 with Phoenix down 0-1 in Denver a must-win for the Suns? Yes or no? Absolutely not. I, I say I say no too because we've seen too many. We just saw Golden State do it. The Suns have t- twice. The Suns have been up two nothing and lost. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not like this freak thing. Teams come back from down two nothing. Yeah, do. especially when they lose the first two on, on the, the road. road. Yeah. Now you know. It, it, look, you called me out on this earlier, and you were right to do so. I'm not saying it's a moral victory for them to just play better tonight. I, I just need them to play better, so I know they're capable of playing better, right? Like, so yeah. I can see that they've they're starting to put it together to play better to beat this team. But it's not a they don't. But we also agree. We also agree. Listen, if the Suns do lose tonight in Denver, games three and four oh, are must wins. Zero debate. You can't split in Phoenix and be down three one. You're not going to win. They're not. You can come back from two nothing. Being down three one is a lot harder. You got to win three in a row and two are at that place. So zero debate. They both three and four would be must wins for Phoenix. We rolled this question out at two forty five. It was what Rubes eighty. It was eighty twenty almost exactly. That said, it was a must win. Yeah. And now. 
It's pretty much the same. 78.8% believe that yes, tonight is wow. a must-win game. Only 21.2% say that it's not. And I'm breaking the rules here, but I'm going to a different Twitter account to ask you guys another question. Okay. There's this account called NBA University. They do great NBA content. And this poll catch, caught my eye. Who are you taking? Straight up, Kevon Looney or DeAndre Ayton? There are 17,000 <laughs> 17, votes it's, on it's this poll. Kevon Looney and it's not close. <laughs> do you want to guess the percentage of 17,000? votes and who picked who? I'm going to say it's 80, 80 to 85% for Kevon Looney. He makes seven and a half million dollars a year. <laughs> I, and listen, Bernsey knows it. This was always the example I used when I said the Suns don't want to pay DeAndre. They want a center like Looney. Give me a center that makes seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars, not thirty million dollars. Yeah, I, I I don't think Gamble's wrong. I think it's running eighty percent in favor of Kavon Looney. It's pretty much mimicking our poll. Seventy seven point seven percent say Kavon Looney, twenty two point three percent say the max yeah. player deal. The mo- but the money matters. The mo- okay, first of all, he knows what his role is. I'm gonna kick ass defensively. I'm gonna he owns the bonus. He grabbed twenty two rebounds last night. We expect that out of DeAndre, we don't get that. But you know, DeAndre's at thirty million dollars. This guy's at seven and a half. He gets on a three year deal for twenty two million dollars. He makes seven and a half million dollars. That matters. Sure. That matters. Oh yeah, that that's absolutely part of the equation. You know what else matters? Uh, twenty three offense, twenty three rebounds in the third quarter yesterday against the Sacramento Kings, of which he had ten. Eight offensive rebounds in one quarter. He swung the whole game for him. Yeah. Just I mean, one guy mm. barely scoring a point. He swung the whole game for the Golden State Warriors yesterday with all those second chance opportunities that he gave them in that moment. It was it was huge and I hit total total envy. All right, that's our poll question and somebody else's poll question and you can find it all on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. The top of the hour we're going to talk a lot about DeAndre Ayton because the video of him just kind of standing underneath the basket and just let it all be is driving everybody up a wall and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about tonight overall and in this the stuff from game 1 that caused the Suns to lose, that caused the Suns to get humiliated, and whether the Suns can correct that going into tonight's game. I think first and foremost, you know, they've got to they've got to play harder uh, on the defensive end. They've got to they've got to not get out rebounded. Look, I don't think they're ever going to win the three point contest. They are a mid range shooting team. They shot at a very high clip, a high percentage. The problem is that their three point defense has to be better. You can't be outscored by 21 points. That's a big that's a big get. And you can't like be dominated on the boards because it led to so many more shots for uh, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they had what was it? 15 more shots than 17 more. 17 more shots than the Phoenix Suns did. How do you correct those things? You got to play harder. Now, it may it may mean getting a bigger body in there like Tory Craig that can help crash the boards and defend um in it it just may mean more of a team effort instead of trying to get out and transition. More people crash the boards and try to help on the on the rebounding because that's the stuff you got to try to take away from Denver. Their second chance points, their rebounds, them keeping the ball alive, and uh, so that really hurt them throughout the game. Yeah, I think they have to share the ball more. The the twenty assists that was way twenty assists to sixteen turnovers that was way too low. They had nineteen assists to sixteen turnovers when they pulled their starters with five minutes to go in the game. That 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 number's too low. The ball was too sticky. wasn't moving around enough. The, the rebounding one is the big one. And you're right. The three point shooting, the Suns will always be running in a deficit there. I still think they need to do more to create more three point opportunities. For me, that's campaign, and not that he's out there going to be shooting them necessarily. 
but through his drive and kick game, I think he might be able to create a few more for other guys. Devin Booker only took one in game one. I mean, Kevin Durant wasn't hugely active from the three-point line. Chris Paul was one of five from the three-point line. They have to create better-looking opportunities to at least try to somewhat keep pace with the with the Nuggets on that one. But the most important one is being more active on the boards. And like I said, we're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton in five minutes here. He has a lot to do with that. But they cannot allow the Nuggets to shoot the ball that many more times than they do. They'll, they'll, I don't care what percentage the Suns shoot. They, 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 at one point in the middle of the second quarter, Gamble, they were shooting 62%. But it didn't matter. Because at that moment... With seven, you know, the, the, the Nuggets had seventeen more shots than the Suns did halfway through the second quarter. It wasn't just the rebounding. You'll never that, have a shot with that. It wasn't just the rebounding that led to all, to all the excessive amount of Denver shots. It was also the turnovers. Yes. So that's not a shot for you. It's a shot for them when you turn the ball over. Kevin Durant had seven turnovers by himself. The Suns had what sixteen in the game. Yeah. Turn the ball over a lot. They've got to figure out a way to try to con- contain Jamal Murray too. Because listen, Jokic is the two-time MVP, but man, Murray really got. Got that crowd going. Yeah, he did. Don't let Aaron Gordon. I mean, let Aaron Gordon. Does I think they're going to allow Aaron Gordon to shoot? I don't know if he can do. I don't know if he can go three for four again from three. No, I, I don't know if he can do if, that if again. You, if you're the if you're the Suns, you don't want Jokic and Murray going off. You got to let's see. Can't stop three guys. You want Aaron Gordon shooting the basketball. Phoenix Suns need a whole team effort to pick up a win in Denver, but it's no secret. One guy, DeAndre Ayton, fell the most short in Game 1 and needs to step up the most in Game 2. And that's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.